You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn, joined today by Suha Schrader and Brittany Brown. Hi, guys. Hey, Matt. Hey. We have a good show, and this is something that the two of you have collaborated on and something that's probably enigmatic for so many people in the supply chain industry. And it comes so down to the core of this show and everything around technology, etc. But it's very hard to procure supply chain technology and find it and make sure you're getting the right deal and that everyone's on the same page. You know, we ask the question, why is buying supply chain software so hard? I think first, right, we need to maybe just acknowledge that it is hard. And it's inherently hard because just like a supply chain is a bunch of moving parts, moving departments, changing departments, changing regions. When you buy that software, all of these stakeholders are involved and it's difficult. It's hard. So first, let's just acknowledge that one, we have a problem. That's the first step. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's interesting because if you take it back to the idea of software, like why do we buy software at all in the first place? It's not really about the software itself. There's like some issue that the software is going to solve or we hope it will solve. So maybe we can take it back to that. And in the context of supply chain, you know, supply chain is such a complex process. What are most people hoping that their software will do? Is it speed up and automate something that's already going or offer some new functionality? I mean, in your experience, Brittany, what is the crux of when somebody goes out to buy supply chain software? What are they trying to do? I can always count on you to make a really good point, right? We're not just going out there to buy software because it's fun and we have lots of money to spend. We're trying to solve a problem, right? And traditional software, ERP software is very corporate organization inward focused, right? So your backend stuff, HR, asset management, material management. So it's doing a lot of inward-focused stuff. But when you look at supply chain software, that starts to look organization outward, and that's different. And how you procure that's different, and the different stakeholders that are involved, that's a nuance that you don't usually get into when you're buying typical traditional ERP software. So you need to consider something that would work not just for your your own organization, but also potentially with the partners that you regularly interact with. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to be thinking about how, one, your folks within the organization are going to be using the software, how they do those activities and they work those processes today. But then you also need to look at how your partners, your vendors, your logistics service providers how they interact with you today, and if it's going to change their process and how they would interact with the software that you're looking to procure. So that seems like that's kind of a massive collaboration problem. And so somebody that's looking for a software solution for that, where would they even start? So it depends, right? Some organizations like to look at it from a procurement perspective. So their procurement teams will maybe create an RFP of sorts, and they'll have requirements. They will have looked at all of this. They will talk to different departments, and they'll put together basically a document that's saying this is what we're looking for in in a vendor. And then from there, they will start going out to look for that software. The other option is for the business to take focus on that, right? The business knows how And when we say the business, that's going to be a supply chain organization within a company. They're looking at how they get products from point A to point B, so from purchasing to logistics to transportation to customer service to planning, all of those different departments you could consider in some way the business. So if you have a business focus, that's almost a more ad hoc, less defined way of looking for software 
but you're going to do that as well. And so there's different two different ways to do it. So procurement can do it or the business can do it. So it would seem to me that the business would know, again, in the context of solving the problem that they're trying to solve, they would be in a better position to evaluate the software on that ground, right? And then procurement is probably obviously looking for the best financial deal for software, for their company in general. It sounds like these two organizations within the company would have to sort of align on goals, right? And that can often be a difficult process within an organization to just have these different stakeholders align. So how, in your experience, is there a way to overcome that challenge? Yeah, and just adding on to what Suhas is asking, who are the key stakeholders within those groups that tend to be able to make that connection work? Is it like a department head? Is it someone in the line of business that's actively seeing the problem? And then ultimately, who is looking to own the software? Where does that kind of come from, too? So when you're looking at owning the software, it's going to come from multiple places. A lot of times, depending on the model of the software they're looking to get, whether it's a software as a service, a SaaS model, cloud, or license, it can be different. But When you're looking at a software as a service model, that subscription, right, it's annual, that typically is held with the business. They own that. But then when you're talking about implementing that software, making it work, the IT piece, like that's where that comes in and IT is going to own that. So those two groups have a lot to do with it. And then again, when you go back to procurement, procurement, I like to consider them this very well-oiled machine, right, and almost robotic in a way. They've got a very rigid and sensical way of looking at how you buy and procure anything, but in this case, software. So that's very good from having a process point of view, but a lot of the nuances that the business understands, that can get lost with procurement because that's not something that they do on a day-to-day basis. And that's interesting. So you're having these discussions going on between IT, procurement, and the business within an organization. And then you're also looking at software that then cuts across that organization to different trading partners and all of that. So any piece of supply chain software then just inherently has a lot of stakeholders. Does that mean that any software solution by definition is always going to be a compromise? Like you're not going to find something that is an ideal fit for everybody? I mean, it's just like when you look at if we were to try to agree on what to get for lunch today, probably all of us would be like, I want this, I want that. And we'd, we'd all kind of compromise knowing that it was, you know, for the greater good. And when you're buying software in these organizations, they're all doing the same thing. But again, their perspectives are so different. And the metrics and how they're measured and how they measure success, right, in their annual or their fiscal calendar years, they're all different. Procurement is going to look at what is successful differently than the business, differently than IT, differently than finance. So they have different agendas. And what really complicates things here is sometimes they are competing, Maybe the best software for the business so that the business can meet all of their customer service goals is a little bit more expensive. And you know who loses in that case? Procurement. And then also, if we're looking at from an IT perspective, which is going to take the most amount of IT man hours? That might be different than the type of solution that the business is looking to procure. So Again, it is absolutely 100% going to be a compromise. I think it's really important, though, up front that all of these groups and these different stakeholders internally, 
But then also I think it's important that you look at it externally, have agreed on the objectives of the software. What is the number one, number two, number three objective this software is meant to fulfill? What metrics is it meant to help us achieve? And how is it going to help us mature as an organization, not just next year, but in the next five years, in the next 10 years? You know, that's how organizations that are going to be successful buying software, that's how they're really going to look at it. It's kind of funny because we often talk about supply chain in terms of like materials management, right? You're just moving things around the world, making them, delivering them, et cetera, working with suppliers, money changing hands, et cetera. And then when you talk about software, you talk about just this almost commodity of technology, this stuff that kind of runs in the background and should not get in the way that helps you do that business of moving things. But in both cases, neither of them are lacking in complexity. And part of that complexity seems to be the human element of this, the people that are on the other side, the other businesses that you're collaborating with across the supply chain, or the people within your own organization that you need to be able to work with or collaborate with, and especially exchange ideas with openly and readily in order to agree on software or how it should be used, what your end goals are, and just simply aligning yourself as an organization towards some greater good with your technology platform. Brittany, you've been on the other side too. You've been in the logistics industry. What is it that someone in a large enterprise that's trying to solve these problems with their supply chain need inherently to be able to work across the aisle with their internal stakeholders to sell them on the idea of this big, massive, and sometimes non-traditional change in the way that you're doing business? So a lot of this is going back to change management and taking what the current as-is state in an organization and moving it to this future to be hopefully more mature model. Where it gets complicated is any given role in an organization, whether it's if you're in the logistics department, if you're in the planning department, you're going through five, 10 different systems on a daily basis just to do your job. So then when you're talking about putting a new software in place, that software might bridge gaps. It might replace different systems. And if I am, I have a day job, right? My day job is to do X, Y, or Z, and I am used to going into these different systems to do that job, and now you want me to go into a different system, and I don't know how to use it, and I just need to get answers to my customer, right? That change management process needs to be built in how the software is going to be implemented and how it's procured. You need to consider that process because all of these folks that are going to start using this software have a job to do that is not just use this new software. That's not their job, right? So... That change management piece has to be huge. You have to look at that. And you also have to look at how you're moving the maturity model. And you have to look at trends, what's going on within the tech industry, what's going on within the logistics, the supply chain, what's going on politically regarding regulations. And so you have to look at all of those things. So I think smart organizations who do this in a very methodical, planned way take a very big look and say, let's align on the vision of our organization in five and ten years. What does that look like? What are we doing? What systems are we using? How are we advancing? How are we helping our customers? And then you start getting smaller and smaller and smaller and starting to get more poignant, more nuanced, more honed in. But when you do that, you're always bringing it back to that end vision and making sure that you're meeting that goal and that you're not making your employees' jobs harder. So it seems to me that then one of the, 
like almost best practices to implement is to try to get all of these stakeholders and anyone who would sort of have a major impact in this kind of purchasing of software to get involved in the process as early as possible so that they can weigh in and there won't be as many surprises along the way as you're going down that road. Absolutely. I think if you are the, let's take the business, right? I like to focus on the business. I think they should drive these projects. That's my personal opinion based on kind of what I've seen in the industry. Let's say you're taking the SVP of supply chain and you're going to start a project and you need software. If I'm that SVP, I'm calling all of my SVP peers in procurement, in finance, in IT. I'm probably calling on my two you know, right-hand people to help me come into a room and I want to hammer it out, right? I want to hammer out this project and say, this is what I'm looking to get done. How does this affect you, procurement? How does this affect you, IT? How does this affect my planners? How does this affect customer service folks? And you're looking at all of that, and I think you have those hard conversations. And you know what? That's probably just step one, because step two is doing that with different regions, and step three is probably doing that looking outside of your own organization. And I think from there, though, you're aligning on that vision. You're getting all of those proof points, and you're making sure that the competing agendas at the end of the day can move from being a very parasitic type of relationship to being more symbiotic, where what I'm doing is not going to hurt procurement. It's not going to hurt IT. There is this mutually beneficial aspect of us buying this software, and we agreed on that early on. So now as we go through the procurement process, I've already got that buy-in. Easy peasy, right? <laughs> this, yeah, you make it sound easy. It's also simple. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like that's you know solid advice given how complex an organization can be and also just how much impact a piece of software can have across the organization and across all of the trading partners. So I think what you suggested as far as having those hard conversations up front is actually the best thing that you can do. And Suas, you and I have talked about this. Part of what you do here, and I think that's part of what I was talking about in aligning on that vision, is it's all about building bridges. And what we're seeing is a lot of organizations starting to put together these center of excellences, right? So they have their best folks who have probably been in a few different positions. They've probably been in IT. They've probably been in legal. They've probably been in the business. They've seen these different aspects. And they sit in this center of excellence organization who is looking at this high-level vision for what the company is going to look like in, you know, five, ten years. And they're looking at how they do that, and they're looking at it from different perspectives. So we've seen that a lot, and when we're working with a lot of companies, we are working with their center of excellence groups. They almost act as a liaison, but a sort of talking piece for the different departments within an organization. All right. It does seem like quite the big job, and you start to realize why transformation and change can seem like such a long process because there's a lot going on. The two departments we really didn't talk about that I'll just mention really quickly that kind of come in at the end and also can make buying software really hard is finance and legal. Legal, for obvious reasons, needs to be involved and agree. They don't maybe need to be involved as early on, but it's probably important to get them involved once you've chosen a vendor. Finance, you want to get involved as, as early as possible. They're going to have really hard metrics around what a return on investment needs to be for a piece of software. And how you measure that, that return is different from organization to organization. It might be inventory, but every organization looks at those things differently and defines it differently and puts those formulas together. Okay, so clearly it's a big problem to solve and it takes a lot of work to do it. 
not only are there multiple stakeholders in the organization, but there are a lot of barriers that have to be crossed or discussions that have to be had in order to make sure everyone's aligned and has the same goals in mind at the end. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us to give us more perspective on this challenge that anyone in the world of supply chain, especially with a big organization, faces. Being on the technology side, you often don't take that all into account. Where can we go and find any other resources on solving this problem or simply how to work better as a team to achieve these goals? Suhas and I wrote a blog post in our series called Supply Chain Problems, and it is very poignantly named, Why is Buying Supply Chain Software So Hard? So you can go to gtnexus.com slash resources to find that. And it's a good read, and I think it kind of helps break what we just talked about down and, and give some tips and tricks based on what we've seen in the industry. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show today. For Suhas Schreeder, I'm Matt Gunn. And we've been talking with Brittany Brown. This has been Supply Chain Radio. Be sure to find us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast network. Thank you for listening. 